you so much, Cheryl, worship team. Well, I hope fall break was good, because it's over, and you have school tomorrow, and uh, man, I hope it was awesome. hope you had a great time. Um, Caitlin and I enjoyed a fall break. If you don't know who I am, by the way, um, my name is Matt Cole. I'm the worship pastor here. I've been here for a little over four years. Church is five years old. Um, and, and traveled down from Atlanta before that to help out um, when I could. And so just have been here the whole time and have loved seeing what the Lord's done. And my wife, Caitlin, um, has been here as well. Um, I moved down here um, right before we got engaged and then we got married. And, and it's just been a journey. Auburn has been the place where so much has grown for us. Our marriage, uh, community, friendships, family, everything. Um, so this is a special place. And, and it's so awesome to get to just talk with you today and have a conversation and, that, and that's really what we're going to have today is, is a conversation and you're like, oh my gosh, he's got a headset mic, is this like a TED talk? Can I get class credit for this? Um, no, um, next time we'll put a little TEDx thing up there so you can get class credit, take a picture and say, hey, I went to a TED talk. Um, that's not what this is though. We're going to have a conversation, um, so you don't even know what TED talks are. Um, so you're like, what? Um, you can look it up later. Um, but tonight I just want to have a conversation. And, and you know, we're, we're in this series, Be is Greater Than Do. And, and Miles did a phenomenal job of opening us up last week in that and, and challenging us to just be and to resolve, to be with Jesus. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. Because if I'm being honest, you know, as a pastor, it's like I... I get paid to be a professional doer for Jesus, like literally, like Matt, it's your job to do for Jesus. And so being honest, like it's kind of hard to be sometimes when it's your job to do for him. I mean, the lines, it's, it's a very convoluted at times. And, and so Miles and I have been talking and we've been planning this Sunday for a while and, and we said, you know, it, it needs to be a little different that Sunday. Like let's, let's change it up a little bit. And he's like, you're talking that night. And I'm like, mm, I don't have anything to say, um, if I'm being honest. And because the Lord's been doing a lot in my life, but, but I don't know if you've been there, but when God's doing something and working something, and you, sometimes it's just not ready to come out. And I think, and I do want to speak to the college students here real quick, um, and adults as well, but particularly college students who are like really in like the heat of your faith growing. That, that you start learning stuff and becoming someone new, and you're starting to really see the new creation come out that Jesus promised. And, and you get so excited, and you're like, I want to share, I want to share. And, and God speaks like one thing to you at one quiet time at the coffee shop, and you're like posting about it on Instagram. And it's almost sometimes like you just had a really secret conversation with somebody, and you just told everybody about it before it really, like, took root, you know? Like, can, can anyone, like, I, I must be the only one who's ever been tempted to do that. Um, but I get really excited when the Lord speaks and when he starts moving and working and shaping me into who he created me to be. And so I felt like if I was to talk about that today, well, I feel like it'd almost be inappropriate for me to do because it's not ready. It's not ready to, to be spoken yet. And so I was like, well, I really have nothing to talk about. Like, because that was my only thing, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to say it, so I don't know. And so, so then I'm driving. Like, I didn't have anything Monday morning. Like, 
last Monday morning, when usually it's like go time. Like the study is already in progress. It's getting written down and everything. And, and I was driving here to work and I had gotten a coffee and I'm, and I'm just, just driving, listening to music, whatever. And it was like, boom. All of a sudden, the Lord said, Matt, I've been writing something in you for like 20 years to speak on Sunday. And I'm like, well, what is it? Because I don't have anything. So could you please tell me? Um, and it's, it's this idea, this truth that I've seen worked out in my life that being with Jesus isn't some great mystery that we may make it sometimes. Hear me out on this. That actually I've seen in my life that being with Jesus most often for me looks like praising Jesus. And what I mean by that is that when you realize that you are in a moment of true worship, of true praise of Jesus, what happens? You, you kind of, in the best way, kind of lose yourself, right? Like your anxieties, your issues, your problems, your drama, everything that you're focused on in your little world, all of a sudden, it's like it melts away. And all your attention, all your affection is on Jesus. And those are some amazing moments. And, and, and as I was thinking about that, I was like, wow, Lord, like you're so right. I mean, you're right all the time, but like I'm giving you glory for it right now. Uh, you are so right that like being with you is just praising you. Because I, I, I get out of myself and all my gaze and my attention is on you, you see, in, in Psalm, the writer puts it like this in Psalm 71.6. He says, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. From the rising, this is in Psalm 113.3, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 34.1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. Extol means to praise enthusiastically, like it's like, I want to extol the Lord. I'm so excited about praising him and worshiping him. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. And one of my favorites, Psalm 104, 33 says, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. You see, from a young age, like music and particularly worship music has spoken a language in my life, in my soul that I could understand. From like a really young age, I've connected to the Lord. And, and you may be thinking, you're like, wow, the worship pastor's talking about connecting to God and worship. Like, shocker. That's, duh. But this is way before. This is way before I ever wanted to go into ministry or do music for a career. I mean, this is as a kid, when all I wanted to do was be like a policeman or a firefighter and then you know, in high school, I still loved, loved music, and all I wanted to do was just be a businessman and make money and blah, blah, blah. But I still loved the Lord and, and connected with him because somehow the way God wired me and the way that he created music, it connected me to him in a way that nothing else did. Like, it was incredible. And so as I grew up, I fell in love with music, fell in love with it. I started playing piano in second grade, started playing viola, cl classically trained violist. Some of you are like, what is a viola? It's just a bigger violin, 
Um, it's like still on your shoulder. It doesn't matter. It's a string instrument. Um, it doesn't matter. I started playing guitar, all these things, because I just loved music. That's not because I wanted to be cool or stand on stage. Like, I just loved music. And, and in learning all of those things, I had to learn something very important. Music theory. Yeah. You're like, oh, anything with theory, I'm out. Like, it's not real, right? Like, it's theory. No, it's real. Trust me, music theory is real. Like, every single thing you listen to is brought to you by music theory. Like, every song you listen to, no matter what genre, we're talking about real music and even fake music, like country. Like, we're talking about, like, I want to focus on, like, real music tonight, though. So, like, not country. And that's what we're going to talk about, like, real music theory. Um, <laughs> I got some of you. You're like, I'm offended by that. We have emotionally healthy spirituality on Monday nights, if you were offended by that. Um, it was a joke, sort of represents my true feelings. Disclaimer, this doesn't represent all of the staff of ACC's feelings, trust me. Um, but we, I'm talking about like the thing that makes up music is called music theory, and I want to do something tonight to be a little different. We're going to have a music lesson. So I'm going to go over here. Um, no, I'm not about to do magic. People are like, well, you're wearing a headset mic, and you're moving stuff around, and there's no podium, so you can do, like, magic tricks. Nope. Um, for some of you, it will be magic to understand how this works. Um, so just bear with me. We're going to have a little music lesson here. So I want to teach you four things real quick. I want to teach you four things. I want to teach you notes, scales, numbers, and chords. Okay? Would, by a show of hands, does anyone in here... Like when I say those things and I talk about music theory, does anyone have a remote idea of what I'm talking about? Wow. Wow. I'm like really impressed. That, this morning it was like seven people. Like <laughs> seriously. So it was like, come along. Um, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. So I, if everyone could just take a breath, like this is going to be a conversation. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to have a little lesson here. All right. So, so notes, can we throw that picture of notes on the screen? Yeah, right here. So notes, has anyone seen, seen this before? You've seen notes like this? So this is what music is made of, all right? Literally, this is what music is made of, is notes. Music would not exist without notes. Something crazy is happening in this world right now. <laughs> like, a tornado is about to come. I don't know what it is, but everyone has an iPhone. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, so this is, this is what music is made of, all right, is notes. So individual notes put together in, in sequence in the same key. We'll get to that in a second. That is what makes up music, okay? So for instance, this is a note, right? That's a note. And a note in sequence is called a scale, so here's a scale for you. That's a scale. That's a C major scale, right? So all those notes put together make up a scale. Well, those notes also have a number attached to them. Okay, so we're in C, all right? So C is one. An octave is eight notes. So C is one, D is two, E is three, F is four, G is 5, A is 6, 7 is B, 
and then you're back to the one. All right, so we're following. So we've got scales, and each note in that scale is a number. So for the key of C, it's the key of C, so C is the one. Okay, so whatever key you're operating in, whatever key you're playing in, that is the one. That's what we call the root note. So at all times, at some point in every single piece of music, you're going to hear the one because that's the key that you're in. And so, for instance, I'll, I'll play a little something for you so that you'll hear what I'm talking about. So you, you move in, you're moving notes the whole time in a song, right? That's a one over three, that's a four, that's a five, that's a six. So that's how notes work together. And then you have chords. That's what I'm playing right now. So chords, most of the time, is, is you've got part of the root, you've got the one, a three, and a five. That's like a one major chord, is a one, three, and a five. So in C, that's a C, an E, and a G. That's a chord, right? beautiful it's wonderful it's music theory you're all geniuses like you now know the key of c which is the easiest key in the world because there's no sharps there's no flats it's just everything's there all white keys right there super easy beautiful and as i've grown up and as i have followed the lord and particularly not having anything to say this week and him just dropping this on me what i have noticed is how deeply connected and rooted our being with Jesus is in worship, particularly the music of worship. You see, within a scale, within a certain key, there are major and, and minor notes, right? So for instance, here, here's a B, that's a B major. Well, I want to go to a G sharp minor. Same key, same key. A little different sound, right? Like this B, it's like light. Like, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. But then I go to a G sharp minor, and it's, it's like kind of dark, right? It's kind of dark. And what I've seen unfold in my life is, is that just like music, and I think you can relate to this as well, is that there are some big time minor moments, you know, where things are a little heavier, where, where things are not as major, where things aren't as happy, but all of a sudden it's, it's heavy and it, and it hurts, you know? I don't know if anyone knows that. This is a conversation, so that's just me. But there's moments where it's just heavy and there's difficult things happening. And, and then there's, there's chords like a suspended chord. You hear that? Hear that difference? It's like when I play that suspended chord... This is an F sus, F sharp sus. It's like there's something after that, right? 
That's called a resolve. So when we, when we play a suspended chord like that, we want to resolve it because we don't want to leave that hanging. That almost sounds incomplete, right? That's a resolve. And the beautiful thing is, is that in every season of life, no matter what note you're playing, that at some point, you're going to hit minor. You're going to have a season where it feels like there's, some, there's a suspended chord there. You're waiting on a little resolution. There's even a chord that we like to play. It's a one over three. It's kind of a stepladder chord, like I'm headed to the four. That's a chord. It's like I'm in the waiting And so no matter where you may be in life, I've had many moments of, of minor. I've had many moments of waiting, suspense, waiting for some resolution, many moments of a, just a transition season, like a one over three chord. I just want to get to the four. But at the end of the day, when I'm up here, you see me playing keys up here so much. No matter what we're playing, my right hand stays on the one. My right hand stays on the one to know where home is. And if you haven't caught on to the analogy yet, Jesus is the one. We call that the Nashville numbering system because it applies to any key. Like in any key, I can say, let's hit the one in the key of B, and we're all going to hit the same thing. It's kind of a universal thing. And no matter where I go, no matter what I do, at some point, at some point, I'm going to come back to the one. And what's, what's even crazier is that as I was thinking through this and remembering all this music theory that I've been taught, there's even something called an accidental. It's like God created music. Like, there's this thing called an accidental that in music, a lot of times classical, jazz, those kinds of things, you don't hear it a lot in, in uh, contemporary music, but you, you'll be playing in a certain key, like I'll be, this is the key of B, and I'll be playing, and an accidental is when you play a note purposefully out of key so tell me if you can recognize this this is out of key that is a totally different key and, and the crazy part is is that you and I have a lot of accidentals <laughs> like where we will just go out of key on purpose that we turn our back on the one who wrote the song that we were supposed to sing with our life. But the beautiful part is that even when there's certain measures of an accidental, it still comes back to the root note. Like that's how music works. That's how Jesus works. 
is that no matter what notes you hit, whether it was on purpose or not, whether it was in the right key or not, Jesus, the root note, is always there. We keep our right hand on that root note when we play keys because we got to know where home is. And there's something beautiful that even in the majors and even in the minors, when we keep that right hand on the one, on the root note, the harmony is beautiful. The harmony is beautiful. And we're filled with awe and wonder at who Jesus is as we worship him. We get outside of ourselves and we find ourselves just being. Because we know that no matter what happens, the root is always there. And we will always resolve to the one. I remember as a kid, I grew up uh, in a pretty traditional church before they went to blended services. <laughs> you know, I was, as a kid, I was like, are we talking about smoothies or church? Like, what's a blended service? I don't get that. Um, where we started, you know, throwing in some contemporary music, but we still play traditional uh, to make everyone happy. Never works, by the way. Um, I remember still they would play some traditional songs, big pipe organ, piano, everything. And it was this song called How Great Thou Art that just as a kid, as a child, just revealed the greatness of God to me. And this is one of those parts where you're like, whoa, this is, this is different. <laughs> yeah, because we're about to sing <laughs> in the middle of this. And I want to invite you. I'm just going to sing part of this song and However you feel led to respond, you don't have to stand up, you can sit down, you can close your eyes, however, but, but let this just fill you with the same awe and wonder that it did me as a child. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou how great thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art I mean it's that kind of song that I remember it just filled me with awe and wonder because it had such a power on the one. I mean, it was just like, boom. Like, God is huge. And I'm a tiny little kid. And I'm amazed by you, even as a child. Music was speaking a language. Worship was speaking a language that I understood. And, and I ask you and myself as adults, like, why do we lose that wonder? It didn't go anywhere. Like, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So where did the wonder go? Why did we lose it? And if you're here and you think you've lost it, hey, you can get it right back. Because you can resolve right back to Jesus, to be with him, to worship him, to know him. 
You know, in those seasons where you, you feel like it's a little more minor, you know, where you feel heavy, it's like, God, where are you? Like you said you were going to be here. You said you were never going to leave me or forsake me, but I feel left and I feel forsaken. The good news is it's not him, it's you. He was there all along, but it's still real. It still feels real. Don't get me wrong. Like the night feels dark. And I remember going through seasons of that, particularly in high school and college, where the darkness just seemed to almost overtake me. And I remember hearing a song called Sovereign Over Us that absolutely spoke to the fact that God is in control. He is who he says he is, and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And singing that in the private moments with the Lord just brought me right back to knowing that what he says is true. He's faithful to the end. He's sovereign over us. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. There is strength within the sorrow. our fear you are working in our waiting you sanctifying us when beyond our Your plans are still to prosper You have not forgotten us You're with us in the fire and the flood You're faithful forever You're perfect in love You are sovereign, oh in love you are sorry 
what a truth, right? Like no matter what, like even when the worst things happen in your life, even what the enemy meant for evil, you turn it for our good? Like why would you turn anywhere else other than Jesus? Like who does that for you? Who does that for you? Who does that for me? Nothing and no one turns evil to good for you. And in those seasons, you know, when, when you, you do realize like, hey, wow, God is sovereign, but man, I've messed up. Like, I know he's sovereign. And I've really been hitting a lot of accidentals lately. Have you ever been there? Where you're like, ooh, that is not the right key. The beautiful thing is, God still sees you. And he still knows you. And he still loves you. Because the one is always there. So no matter how many accidentals you hit, the grace and the mercy of the resolution back to the key you were meant to sing in is always there. And I remember a moment when I was sitting around the dinner table with my parents in college and we were talking about my future and you know, if you're in college, it seems like that's literally all you talk about. And you have less of a clue the more you, study, the more you talk about it. And I, I remember feeling the, the call to ministry, full-time ministry, particularly in worship. Because I wanted my life to be a life that represented true worship. I wanted to show the church, the big C church around the world, what real worship looked like authentic, transparent, real, bringing all the baggage to the table and still glorifying God in spirit and in truth. And I remember my dad looking at me, no pushback when I said I wanted to go into ministry because I have a father who, who also followed the Lord and for, forsook the things that the world said were success and said, I'll follow the Lord. And so he looked at me and he said, son, you have a song to sing. Sing it. That's all I said. I wrote that down, and I've never forgotten it. And he wasn't talking about a literal song. He was talking about my life. You and I were all meant to sing a song with our lives. To know and be known by the creator of your soul. And what's crazy is the reality of our lives is that sometimes we go through seasons where we feel like we don't know the creator of our soul. And we don't feel known by him because we've had so many accidentals and we've forsaken his presence and we've just been doing and doing and doing and being has just been absent. But I'm here to tell you that there's no amount of accidentals. There's no amount of walking away that can make God not love you. 
He sees you. There's nothing, there's no accidental, there's no darkness that could hide you from him. And I remember this song came out and I was in one of those seasons where I was like, man, I feel like all I can do is mess up. Even with my best efforts, all I can do is mess up. And my prayer was, God, do you, do you know me? Like, like, am I yours? And this song connected me immediately to him. And I would just sing it over and over, even through my doubt, even through my fear, I would sing this song. And I would just know that the Lord knows me. sing that and sing that until I believed it. It was true the whole time. It was true the whole time, but sometimes you got to sing something to believe it over and over. David in Psalm said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that was, is within me bless his holy name. He commanded himself Believe it, sing it. God is worthy of it, even if you don't believe that you're worthy to sing it. And so sing the song that you were meant to sing. The one's always there. The mercy, the grace is always there. But you gotta keep singing. So many times you a piece of music or play a piece of music and you, you wonder where is this thing going but you have to stay in it and you have to play it through to the end to know how it resolves and so no matter where you are in this room what season you're in man, our prayer is that you would see it through like keep playing keep singing do not give up just because you hit an accidental. You hit a sharp note. You hit a flat note. Keep singing because you were created with a song to sing. Jesus is there. Open arms. And that's the majesty and the melody that you and I were created to sing. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would teach us to sing the song that we were created to sing. 
matter what has happened, no matter what key we've been playing in. God, that we would return to you, that we would resolve to be with you. You're so good. You are who you say you are. We sit in your presence. We don't rush on. We believe you have great things planned for us, for your glory, for our good. So, Father, have your way in us. Let the majesty of the melody that you've called us to play out for the world to hear, to turn to you, to give you praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand and worship with us?